1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by Hy-Vee and Ford. And Fort. I'm Dan Casper, as always, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be catching up again with Dr. Logan Shepke, chiropractor. Obviously, we're getting ready for golf season and such, but we actually talk a little hunting in this one, too. So good conversation coming up there. But uh, we lead things off with this podcast as we are inching a little bit closer and closer to opening day. Opening day next week, next Thursday. If you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering what day we're recording, it's Tuesday of March 21st, so March 30th, opening day for the Brewers. I've got five players that I, you know, five players to, to watch. My personal five players to watch for the Brewers with a couple of honorable mentions. Now, I think you can have a, a bunch of different players on this list, but my five players, I am going to go, we'll, we'll start it off with... Uh, with the honorable mentions because I didn't, I didn't rank them in terms of like the player to most watch. Like number one is like my main one to watch. I didn't, I didn't rank them or anything like that. But I do have my top five, and then you know a couple of honorable mentions. So my honorable mentions, I went with Brian Anderson, the new third baseman. Um, I know a lot of you uh, once that signing became you know official or was out there. You, you kind of thought, hey, this is this is a signing you like, I, which kind of I shouldn't say kind of surprised me because it seems a little too dramatic, but there was quite a few of you that I, more than what I thought that were like, I really like this signing. I kind of like this signing. I think this could be kind of a one of those surprise signings that you know we're, we're not thinking too much about at this current point in time, but he's going to be a big, he's going to be a nice benefit. He's going to be a nice boost to this team. So um, you know, we've talked about his arm strength over there. I think uh, all the statistics and stat figures that surround baseball, when you factor in Brian Anderson, and Willie Adamas, might be the hardest-throwing uh, left side of the infield in all of Major League Baseball, or one of the top ones out there. So, uh, honorable mention Brian Anderson because I want to I want to see what he can bring to the table here for the Brewers. Can he be, you know, that? solidify that third base spot for for the brew crew. Luis Urias is probably going to be, you know, the everyday second baseman. When you look at Brian Anderson's projections so far, this is according to Baseball Reference here. Uh they got him at a 2.37 batting average, uh 11 home runs, on-base percentage of a 3.19, slugging of a 3.75, OPS of a 6.90 uh 6.94. When you look at his his career numbers, I mean he's a career two fifty six hitter. His best season, if you're kind of looking at it, obviously he spent uh, his career with Miami. You kind of look at uh, you know 2019 when he hit 20 dingers. His first three seasons, if we want, if we want to count 2017, he only played 25 games, but two sixty two batting average, 2018, 2019, 273 261. But I, uh, you know, I, I got Brian Anderson on there mostly. Just can he solidify that third base spot? Can he provide some defensive, uh, uh, defensive presence over there? And I, I guess I don't have too much expectations for his bat. Just mostly, can he kind of hold down that third base spot? And then maybe that'll help Luis Urias over there switching over to that uh, to that second base position, which I think, I, me personally, I feel like Luis Urias is better suited. For a for second base rather than third base, just my thoughts, just my opinion, but that's where I'm at. Uh, the other honorable mention, I'm going with Rowdy Tellez because Rowdy Tellez has had a pretty solid spring when you include the World Baseball Classic too, and when you look at you know what he was doing with the with the Brewers and just. Uh, 14 plate appearances in spring training, 417. Already three dingers. But you look at his projections. If we're using Baseball Reference, they're a little bit down. I'm I'm surprised they're a little bit down. 235, 24 home runs is his projections. I guess if we were to like, you know, you're gonna buy high or buy low on that. Go over under. I'd probably go the over on that. I know his batting average this past year was just 219 but he did have 35 home runs. I feel like Rowdy Tulles is going to be a player that's going to benefit from the banning of the shift. I feel like he's a guy that's going to, you know, that floor is going to be 30 home runs. And I think we're going to see his batting average move back up to about in the 250s, maybe in the 260s. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about Rowdy Tulles this year. And... You know, I'm not trying to put too much on him because he's having a good spring. We know that it's baseball. It's going to happen to like almost every single player. They're going to go through the highs and lows. They're going to go through a little bit of a slump here or there. But I really feel like Rowdy Tellez could have a pretty darn solid year this year. I'm kind of excited to see Rowdy Tellez with the banning of the shift in place too. So he's another honorable mention. Let's get into the top five now. Uh, I've only got one pitcher in my top five, and I might as well tell you who it is right now. But it's Matt Bush. Because Devin Williams, you can make the case, We want to put Devin Williams in there because you want to see him succeed in that, uh, in that closing role as a full-time closer now. I'm not gonna argue with that. If you want to put Brandon Woodruff on there or Corbin Burns because those are your top two starters, can they, you know, continue to kind of rise up there, maybe even Corbin Burns. I'm not gonna argue. Freddie Peralta coming back from an uh, injury uh plague season last year, you wanna put him there? I ain't gonna argue with that one either. I put Matt Bush in here because the bullpen I feel like is still a big unknown for the Brewers outside of Devin Williams, like I don't know who's going to be that setup guy. I think they want it to be a guy like Matt Bush. And I think uh, to, to figure out who that setup person or maybe persons, if you got a couple of options, they're going to have to figure that. And they may not figure it out until they get into the season after a couple of weeks or so. But there's so much uncertainty surrounding this bullpen yet, outside of Devin Williams, that it needs to. we need to see some consistency we need to see who's going to solidify some roles in this thing you go to adam McCulvey's latest projections for the opening day roster and even he notes the bullpen is like completely up in the air at this point you know aaron ashby's going to be missing time where does he fit in this whole thing when he comes back adrian hauser's probably going to be in the bullpen where does he fit is he like a long relief type of uh player so i put matt bush in here because i feel like they want him as that role, as that setup guy, which I think is going to be incredibly important. Back end, bullpen help, and can he succeed at that? I want to have that combination at eighth, ninth inning that you know we had with Devin Williams and Josh Hader. You know, like it really. If I want, if I want to be spoiled here. I would love it to be what it was a few years ago when you had the seventh, eighth, and ninth taken care of. You know you can get your starters to get through five or six and then you just hand it off to your bullpen there don't right now i'm not i i don't know if the Brewers have that ability to do that because this bullpen is such an unknown ah uh, yeah i'm going i'm, I'm gonna stick with map i was kind of trying I, cause I wanted to put one pitcher in here so i'm gonna go with bush on this one Uh, Then I'm going to go with uh, one of the, the youngsters out there, Garrett Mitchell. Garrett Mitchell is another player or a name to watch for the Brewers this season for me because we got to see him a little bit last year at the end of the regular season. Gave us some excitement. Gave us some intrigue. Gave us a little bit of a taste of potentially what could be coming in the future for the Brewers. Made some plays this spring training. Sure looks like he's going to be the uh, opening day starter in center field. So with this extended playing time, I want to see is is this legit? Because maybe I'm a little gun-shy in this whole thing, but like Keston Hero. Like I feel bad for Keston. I don't think he makes his team. He's out of minor league options, so I don't know what what, what the role is going to be or what the future is going to be for, for Keston. But, you know, we saw Keston – you know, come on the scene hot, right? His first, his rookie year, first couple years in the season. And we had such high expectations for Keston, thinking, all right, we got another hitter in this lineup. And it just hasn't worked out on a consistency level with Keston. And for all the talk about these youngsters, these younger outfielders, farm system and such, Garrett Mitchell was the first one to get a shot. We saw it last year. We're going to see it this year. Can he hold on to that spot? Can he continue to improve? Can he be a focal player, a pivotal player in this lineup? Whether it's, you know, leadoff spots, stealing some bases, showing off that speed, maybe showing off a little power. But Garrett Mitchell is going to be, you know, first in the line of some of these youngster outfielders that is the future of this Brewers team. Uh, if you want to look at some of the projections, again, I'm just using baseball reference here. Um, well, I guess they they don't have any here for for, uh, for Garrett Mitchell, but so far what he's done in the spring, a 286, three home runs and, and 21 plate appearances. Did go through a little bit of that uh, hamstring issue, but his slugging is a 762. He finished uh last year with the brewers with sixty eight polite appearances a couple home runs a three twelve batting average did strike out twenty eight times That'll be one thing that you know hopefully he can cut down on is the is the strikeout number but I'm intrigued I'm excited to see what this youngster can bring to the table with a full season uh sticking with I'm sticking with the with the outfield here, Christian Yelich. I mean, it's always going to be Christian Yelich on this on this list, right? Until we maybe see a return to MVP form, or maybe not even fully return to an MVP form, but a guy who was doing what he was doing, like with the Marlins, two seventy, two eighty, you know, twenty five home runs ish, somewhere around there. I mean, for what he's getting paid for that contract. Dude's got to pick up the performance, and we haven't seen it in the last couple of years. We know this team has starting pitching. There's question marks all around the offense. And when you got a guy who's getting paid as much as Christian Yelich is getting paid, that's got to be the guy that is giving you the offensive numbers to be a playoff team. He's got to lead the charge. He's got to step up and be that threat in the lineup. And until we see that, maybe on a consistent basis, Christian Yelich will be on this list. Are we going to see it this year? Where is your confidence we're going to see it? Does the banning of the shift even affect a guy like Christian Yelich? You know, last year he hit 252 with 14 home runs. Craig Council put him in that leadoff role. Had some success there. Will that be his role throughout the whole season this year? Remains to be seen. His projections probably not going to excite brewers fans too much 242 with 14 home runs does have an ops of a 728 but that's still even down from, from last year it's it Chris, we've got to see more from christian yelich this year we just we just have to see more from him i mean since 2019 and remember he that season ended short due to injury when he, he was hitting three twenty nine. It looked like maybe he was going to be a back to back MVP potential candidate. Ever since then. And he had a one point one OOPS. It's only been in seven hundred since then. His batting averages has plummeted. His on base percentage has plummeted. His slugging percentage has plummeted. Was it the knee was it other injury issues? I don't know, but we got to see something from Christian Yelich this year. Just have to, have to. A uh, couple, the the last two that I got on here to to finish up my my top five are a couple of newcomers. Uh, I'm going to go with Jesse Winker for for my next one. You know, a lot of talk about well, we were talking about a couple weeks ago when there was uh, an article. I think it was from Brewers.com. But they caught up with his former managers, you know, with the Reds and the Mariners, where they're expecting him to have a nice bounce back year and become again one of the better hitters in baseball, especially in the in the National League. Probably going to be manning down that uh, DH role for the Brewers. When you look at his career, you know, where he spent time with Cincinnati, he was, you know, he was an All Star in twenty twenty one for Cincinnati, where he hit three hundred five, had a nine forty nine OPS. I mean, throughout his career, those first few seasons in his career from 2017 to 2021, the dude, his OPSs were in the 900s or, or 800s. That that all Star year, 24 home runs. Goes to Seattle, which isn't the greatest hitter's ballpark. Has a down here. Played in 136 games. Had some injuries. Sounds like he's healthy. Going to be going to Milwaukee better fit for him but are we going to see that are we going to see his health you know improve is he going to be able to play in the majority of the games is he going to put up some offensive numbers his projections 19 home runs 253 batting average he's never hit more than 24 home runs in a season which was the 2021 season in fact that was his only season where he had over 20 home runs but there's a lot of talk maybe a little excitement maybe a little bit of hype surrounding Jesse Winker so let's see it can he provide a little bit of a power bat in this lineup can he provide a little stability in this offensive lineup so that's what I want I want to see Jesse Winker return to what he was doing with the Reds not the version that we saw with Seattle last year I want to see the Cincinnati Reds version of Jesse Winker and then finally my, my last one again, this was in no particular order here. William Contreras, the new catcher. You know, when he was traded, a lot of was like a lot of people just assumed hey the Brewers won that trade. They won that trade. They didn't give up a whole lot for him. He was an all star last year for the Atlanta Braves, where he hit 278, 20 home runs youngster, you know, brewers need better production, a more consistent production from their catching spot. So, you know, we're all, including myself, we're kind of focusing on what can he do from an offensive side of things from this catching spot for the brewers, but also it's a new catcher working with a new pitching staff. How is he going to work with We're going to be able to gel. We're going to be able to, you know, Work well with the pitchers right away, with the bullpen and, and starters, and and all of the above. There's different factors into this thing. I mean, the guy just turned 25. He, you know, he. Hopefully, we'll have him around for a long time, and hopefully, he's performing at a high level for a long time. You know, from all of these projections that we've kind of listed out there, he's one of the ones according to Baseball Reference that they're projecting a. Little bit higher of a performance compared to these other Brewers players that we just noted out there. 262 batting average, 17 home runs and such, but I want to see what this youngster can bring to the table. Can he be kind of like the Jonathan Lucroy, where he's that fixture with this team? He's kind of a go to guy. He's kind of one of the, the leaders of this team. Can he provide that? I know he wasn't too excited right away when he got traded, but he's embraced it and such. But I want to see this youngster come in and and kind of have a repeat performance of last year being an all-star catcher. And can be he can he be the long-term fixture at catcher for the Brewers. So, those are my top 5 with a couple of honorable mentions. I wouldn't argue anybody's picks to be honest with you. I would I mean, I think you can make the case for a whole bunch of different players on this on this brewers team you know if we were to pick if you you were to pick your own top five players to watch names to watch for this upcoming season i probably wouldn't argue any of them these are just my five for the reasons why i just kind of went through them there plus a couple of uh, uh honorable mentions too Family-owned and operated, Toys and Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand-new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa. Falls. The reviews are in. It's the best thing I have ever tasted in my life. This is the best thing that's happened in my life, even better than my wedding. That's what everyone has to say about Man Cave Light, the official beer of the Dan Casper Show and the Man Cave Podcast. Try it for yourself, and you will know exactly why people say it's like sipping a little bit of heaven. Man Cave Light is available on tap at the bar in High V. You can also grab a crawler or six and take some Man Cave Light home with you. So go try your new favorite beer, Man Cave Light, today, and you will know exactly why one reviewer said, I cried." tears of joy every time i have one
0: hey you just jumping in here to see if you're enjoying this episode well if you are then let us know with a positive review if not remember what your mother said you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all okay back to
1: the show Catching up with uh, Dr. Logan Shepke again from Shepke Chiropractic. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me back, Dan. You doing got well. It. Yeah, getting ready. Uh, We've got to get this weather going here a little bit. I know, it's older. driving me nuts. Uh, I just found out, too, we were talking a little bit off the air, but uh, you know, you're know you into hunting, too. So I like yes, spring turkeys sir. coming. I don't know if you're a turkey hunter or a little bit. I so. haven't
0: gone in the last few years, but okay. I do enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's nice being warm when you're hunting. Yes. Then so, like, this year I'm actually going earlier than I yeah. usually do, so I'm a
1: little bit nervous, yeah. like, this is the year I'm going earlier, <laughs> yep, yep. and there's going to be, like, still five feet of snow out yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, you know, tags, bonus tags are on sale this week if that's you right. ever get the itch to go. That's right. know, a little bit there. So, I I just started actually turkey hunting a few years ago, and I got that itch. Yeah. You know, it was like the gobbling and yep. the thunder of that. It's like, oh. But my bucket list, and you were talking about it, too, like, elk hunting. Yeah like I I
0: geek out about like that turkey gobble. I think I would probably geek out about an elk bugle. Well, that's exactly it and that's where turkey hunting has that appeal compared to, you know, very rare to call in a buck. Yeah. But man with the with the with the turkey gobble and then you get the excitement and the interaction with the animal. Yep. And then same thing with an elk. You get you hear videos online and stuff, but when you're in person and you get that bugle they still a couple hundred yards away, but man, that's got to just like shake your soul, you. doesn't it? It hits you. Yeah, vir- like you're absolutely. right because
1: like I can't call a buck in to save my no, life. No, turkey. I love seeing that thing respond and come back, and then yeah, yeah I've only seen the elk on TV, but I just got to imagine that just like hits your chest when you hear no, that. Oh, absolutely,
0: thing, that guttural,
1: just angry oh, bull yelling yeah. at you. Oh, it's the best. Man, we're gonna have to deep dive into
0: some of that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, on, on a pod coming up here because how many times have you gone elk hunting now gone about four myself um and then and my dad's been going out uh when we hunt in colorado um but he's been going out almost 28 29 years now oh wow okay he's he's got some more experience he's a little bit less into and he's gonna i'm gonna get a call after this when he hears (laughs) this but he's a little bit less into the calling and more just the you know stalking a little bit of calling but um, I've been watching some, some different guys on, on YouTube and very, yeah. very successful public land hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Mendel is a great one. And they're calling in. That's all they do is call. Yeah. And that's that's where the fun is, the interaction. So yeah. So that was what I'm trying to bring into the hunts when him and I go. But right, it's so fun are, stuff.
1: Like, Are you like the, the big old bugler or is that what yeah, you're working yeah, on? So yeah, 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 exactly. That, do you do yeah. any rattling at all
0: too or just like the tearing up of the brush yeah, and all that? Yeah, you got it. You yeah. got it. So, so about uh, – about July, if you pass me on, like, Claremont or something, I usually have the bugle in my hand, and I'm calling. Actually, <laughs> <That's> awesome. Actually, <laughs> last summer, there were a couple of times when I'd pull up to a stoplight, and the guy next to me would roll down my window and say, hey, let's hear it, and then you let out a bellow. and That's awesome, So dude. it's kind of fun that way, but my neighbors are probably freaked out because I'm in the garage calling all the time. And, um, uh, but no, so a couple of years ago, uh, we were out, and we had a bull. He had cows higher on the hill. Um, we were trying to bring him down mm-hmm. bow season, so we didn't have – he was 150 out. That's out of range, and right. he was above tree line, so we couldn't get any closer. But I'm I'm bugling and screaming at him. He's calling back every time for like half hour, 40 minutes. So it was a long period. Yeah. And, uh, and my dad's 20 yards behind me just tearing up trees, just like you said, you know, crashing pine trees over mm-hmm. and – it's it's fun, yeah. and especially that group hunt mentality because it's hard to do that alone. But right. when, when you got all that going on, it's it's pretty cool.
1: And you're doing it on public, which uh, to me is more impressive. Too. And then you said it was bow hunting,
0: so you take the bow out. You're, yeah. Yep. Yep. So Look, I've that's gone, even more impressive yes. right, to get it that close. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and we've had only one. So we had that encounter um, at the at the end of that trip. We had some uh, cows run past, but we, it was a long. It's the slowest I've ever walked for that two and a half hours i mean we just straight uphill super slow mm-hmm. and crazy it was a crazy quiet morning and uh and then we busted some cows they were like 50 yards out and by the time that i jumped up to the next log and started to draw back they were gone but Man. having them that close and you can start to smell them oh. i love that you know you're getting close to like yep. a bull's area because it just stinks you know in the middle mm-hmm. of that rut oh it's it's awesome Dude, man, we're going to have to do more of this stuff. Yeah. Anymore. We just got yeah. on a tangent there, but it's that's fun. perfectly fine. That's fun. That's awesome. That's yeah. de-
1: easily on my number one. When we ever do, like, bucket lists or we talk about it, yeah, number one is Colorado elk hunting for me. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have the, the nerves to be able to take my bow because I, th- I know I'll be shaking like a tree limb. Yeah, yeah. Tr- you know? Well,
0: we do it with bucks, too, you know? Yeah. Right. I still so, do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I've done it for over 20 years since I've been 11 or 12. Yeah. I'm and 36, 37. Shakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's it could be 75 yards out but i'm yeah, yeah. shaking <laughs> in that tree stand yeah. you know even even like a little uh turkey for crying mm-hmm. all out loud and that's i always say too like if i start to lose that that means i'm not really maybe into it as yeah, much yeah you know it's you, good to have that yeah it exactly is. and that's where i've got a little guy and he's starting to get into that more and i'm like i can remember getting my first one you know my uncle was sitting up in in the tree but he could feel the tree shaking. Yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah. You know, it was just like <laughs> that's so cool. Like when people talk about, it, they're so nervous. I'm like, that's the best part, though. It is. It you is. know, it's one of the best parts. There is that that feeling. Yeah. And yeah. then once you find it, or once you do actually do get it, it's oh, there's another wave of emotions coming through there too. Yep, so that's right. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun talking about that. Absolutely, that's for sure. I mean, that's a good way too. I mean, you know, hunting wise, I know we were talking about golf uh, a lot last week yeah. or a, lot, a couple weeks ago. Chiropractor, but I mean, you know, especially for you, where you know you're elk hunting and you're going through that terrain and that sort of s- stuff too. Yeah, I mean, you gotta gotta get in shape
0: and, and get ready for that too. Absolutely. Actually, it's really cool the the connections there, f- golf, life, uh, CrossFit athletes, hunters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many. It's a physical thing, right? Yeah. You got to, like bow hunting in Wisconsin. You got to be able to perform it mm-hmm. twenty degrees after sitting for a couple hours. Yeah. That's tough on you, guy. Oh yeah, yeah, sitting in a tree, uncomfortable with your back sore and everything. During the rut, it might be all day. You're sitting yeah, out there, or right? Something, you know? Right. Or stalking and all that yeah, stuff. Yep. You're, you're exactly right. right. Yeah. Actually, actually, one of my buddies from undergrad. This is kind of cool. He has uh, wilderness physical therapy, um, but he uh, he tries to work exclusively with hunters. Oh, There's really? Really cool stuff. Yeah. He designs programs for hunters and things like that. So that's something where we could we could dive into that more. And yeah. I, talk to them a little bit about it but um that would be really cool especially like getting into hunting season yeah all that, because yeah. i have it in my mindset like okay got to get
1: adjusted before hunting season and right you know right. sitting in that stand for hours upon hours yep. pulling back the bow exactly you know sort of thing so all right see what we just tapped into there see, well, we got fun. something right there too it's man fun. so uh you know just under under normal chiropractic certain normal but uh you know, yeah uh what do you think are some of the most common, or for for your instance, for from your experience, what are some of the most common things for your patients that they come in? Is it is it neck pain? Is it upper back pain? You know, I always say I've got like a rib
0: out or something like that. I don't know if Absolutely. that's is that a real yeah, thing over yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's tricky. Ribs are tricky. Actually, I get a I get a ton of ribs now that you, now that you say that. Because um, of course, low back pain and headaches. Mm-hmm. Right when we think chiropractic, that's what we think. Yep. Um, the Number of ribs, and, and this spring, for some reason, I don't know what it is. People are laughing more or something, they're <laughs> laughing too hard and blowing out ribs. But, um, or is it shoveling all the snow? Shoveling snow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's more likely. Um, yeah, so ribs for sure. Um, and 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 ribs are unique in the way that they that they move. And really, mm-hmm. what I'm looking at is motion, right? With with chiropractic and and helping people to function better is are we moving correctly? So, um, you know, your low back is out. In quotation. Um, everybody's anatomically different, so if mm-hmm. as long as the motion's there, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're able to do the things you need to do. But when when things start to get restricted, like your ribs aren't moving right, then you get that pain in the chest. If you can't take a deep breath in. Yeah, yeah. Now we're now we're talking about a restriction, and that's where I come into play there. Right. Um, but the low back stuff for sure, and the biggest thing that I've found, honestly, ninety ninety five percent of my patients, it's either piriformis or hip flexor. 'Cause we sit all day long okay. in, in today's world. Yep. That hip flexor gets tight and we're putting pressure on that piriformis and that sciatic nerve mm-hmm. and that's where people get that pain down the leg. And so that's where that's why the, the muscle work that we do um is huge. It, mm-hmm. it it affects patients so it's so beneficial for them right. to get that muscle work mm-hmm. and uh and have that kinda um hybrid approach of physical therapy and chiropractic. Right. Uh, it's it's amazing.
1: So you mentioned headaches, too, and maybe that's one thing yeah. that I think a lot of people may not realize is that instead of popping in ibuprofen all the time, an adjustment
0: can, can help relieve a lot of those headaches. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Right at the base of the skull, top of the cervical spine there, mm-hmm. um, restriction in, in that area causes a ton of of, of headache symptoms. Um, and, you know, and, and headaches now, that's a great tangent into one of the fears that people have with chiropractic is the stroke. Mm. Chiropractors cause strokes. Um, it's it's a lot of pressure on the doc themselves to diagnose correctly. Right, right. You may come in with a headache; that stroke is already starting to happen. If they don't diagnose that correctly and they just go adjust, well, it appears that the chiropractic treatment caused the stroke, but it was actually in the process of occurring. So, right. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues there. Um, yeah, that's I, I say it all the time, but that's why our malpractice insurance is so cheap is because it's it's very safe. Mm-hmm. It's just we got to diagnose correctly, and that's the biggest thing is being diagnosing properly going back to uh the TPI stuff that's why i really like their program it's very in depth mm-hmm. with the analysis part so we're diagnosing the correct things that we need to work on because everybody's different right and and you got to hit the right things so yeah headaches huge i get a, i get a, quite a few of those vertigo on that same okay. vein yep. so that dizziness that you're getting mm-hmm. yeah the upper cervicals are are big for that
1: yeah. Uh for neck pain now is that uh, a common one for you because you know when I used to go you know you're twisting the neck mm-hmm. all around different is it the vertebrae kind of go different i mean what are you adjusting adjusting
0: when you're working on on people's necks yeah yeah exactly yeah, so we're adjusting the joints in between the vertebrae so again if if so c two and c three those two vertebrae mm-hmm. if they're not functioning correctly like c two is we, we, and so we have different listings in chiropractic. So let's say C2 is left rotated. Typically, that means it will not rotate correctly to the right. Okay. So you can't turn your head to the right as far as you want because that vertebrae is is restricted there. So that's what I'm looking at. So if it's uh, if it is that scenario, then we're contacting on the left side and trying to get you to turn right again Mm -hmm. and just increase that motion. Right. And would you say that a lot of that too is kind of what you were saying sitting? A lot of people have like their heads down or they're looking down or something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. We're fighting gravity all day long. Right. And then you put a phone in your hand, unless you're holding it straight out in front of you, which nobody does. Right. Because your shoulders get tired. You're going to be looking down and and just that gravity, that forward head posture, it's Mm -hmm. affecting that. But there again, the muscles start to get angry because they're having to compensate for this. Putting that stress on the muscles, so it's it's that two prong approach of mm-hmm. muscle work and chiropractic that that gets the best results.
1: There. And, and I could be completely off on this, but like, would that be too like where if you kind of wait a while to go to chiropractor, that's where the muscles kind of like make it a little bit more difficult where, hey, now you're going to have to go in a few times to kind of loosen everything up and then readjust because those muscles kind of conform. Yeah, absolutely. That. Absolutely. See, have to be a chiropractor. You could. See, I'm you're there. Saying. You're there. And really,
0: all I do is beat people up. I mean, that's the bulk of my time with patients. And they keep coming back, but I don't know why because they're crying and I'm sweating. You know? It's amazing. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, like I got... And I'll generalize here, but guys are more stubborn because we think, nah, I just sleep it off or I'll go for a run and it'll right. loosen up, whatever. Yep. And then a couple months later, it's like, nah, it's still there. So then they come in and it's and that's when I have to roll up the sleeves and get the, the do-rag out and yep. wipe my head off because <laughs> it's like, man, we, like farmers, when I get a farmer come in, it is, it's hard work and yep. we've got to break stuff down break those muscles down so that we can get some more motion and, mm-hmm. and get them back to where they were but yeah absolutely you yeah. You, you, you nailed it there it's the longer, longer you wait the, the longer it could take to get it fixed
1: yeah essentially yeah, yeah. So,
0: absolutely uh all right
1: before i let you go for for this podcast episode here though i gotta ask you though so you've gone the elk hunting back yes. to hunting
0: here yes what's number one on your bucket list then oh that's a good one i have not taken a a bull with a bow so okay. it's still it's still elk hunting. Um, I, I really do like Colorado. I haven't been there enough to uh, to have it like lose its its mystique, mystique or yeah, yeah, yeah allure or whatever. Yep. Um, Montana or Arizona elk hunting, I hear, is awesome, and you yep. get some different topography there. So I think that would be right. Uh, you know, if I had to change from the Colorado elk hunting, mm-hmm. one of those two, Montana or to actually Montana. Idaho. I'm gonna oh, say good. Idaho, yeah. Okay. So that Paul Mendel I, I mentioned, yeah, that's where he's from. Okay, he hunts public in in Idaho and does incredible. Mm-hmm. And and watch some of his videos and the, it's just gnarly, steep. You know, you're working your butt off trying to mm-hmm. get after these animals. I kind of like that grind. Yeah, you put in the work. At the end of the day, if you're successful, it's like yeah. even if you're not successful, you were out there in in beautiful country mm-hmm. and, and you. Yeah, yeah, I gotta imagine you probably watched or read about the meat eater guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve L. Yeah, yes. good stuff. I've got his books
1: and yeah. all that stuff, and I yeah. watch that too. So and he's a great storyteller too. He just you know, does a great
0: job. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's a, I read a book of his lately about like getting your kids outdoors more. You know that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, because I've got a five year old now, so I'm trying to get him off the. YouTube's all the time and yep, yep. getting him into the outdoors. But yeah, his stuff, and I've got his cookbook too. It's like Beaver Tail. I'm like, I don't know if I could try that. Yeah, what? yeah, there's some extremes there, yeah. Steve. Come on. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if I could do that at this point, but yep. he's awesome over there. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, you know, if when I was younger watching and getting involved, all that stuff to where it's now, completely different. Yeah. You know, it's all over the place now. Oh, which is great absolutely. for the sport. Yeah, so. the awareness
0: of the sport. Yeah, yep. It, yep. yeah you're right. Yep.
1: yep. Definitely. It good for it. So, all right, Logan, we're going to have to do this, you know, next time when you're in, we're going to deep dive more we'll into dive. give me your top five bucket list items like where you want to go across
0: the world so you got okay. some time to think all right. about I'll that. Think that
1: i'll give you a homework yep. assignment right now so, all right good. good
0: all right dude great uh, great catching up with you thanks dan
1: that's going to do it for this episode of the man cave podcast brought to you by our good friends from hy and toys and ford big thanks to dr logan shepke for stopping on by and uh i think we're going to be talking some more hunting in a future episode uh coming up here shortly so that should be a lot of fun but, uh, and, hey, if you are not subscribing or following the Man Cave podcast on your favorite podcasting platform like Spotify and Apple, go ahead and do that as a personal favor to me. But even a bigger personal favor to me, if you could give it a five-star rating and a positive review so other people can find the podcast, too. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's up ep- or for today's episode of the Man Cave podcast. As always, I'm Dan Casper. We'll talk to you again next time.